I asked our ministry staff this week to join me in just highlighting a few of the examples of ways that Prince of Peace has been a blessing to individuals just in the past year. And the list was long and it would go on for a long time. So here's just a small sample of why we embrace the sometimes uncomfortable but profoundly important call to grow deep and reach out with the love of Christ through Prince of Peace. This morning on Rally Sunday, we're wrapping up the second of our two uh, preaching series of this summer, uh, this current one, these past uh, four Sundays, including today. We've been exploring the reality that being a part of a, a Christian community, being part of a church, uh, is in many ways uncomfortable. Being part of a, a, a congregation is completely natural for almost no one when you think it through. Where else do children and teens and 20 and 30-somethings participate in a voluntary activity with, uh, with senior citizens? Where else does this happen? Worship, we've explored during this uh, series on uncomfortable worship that moves or inspires or challenges me may well at times bore or even annoy you and vice versa. And we have concluded that this probably ought to be so because Worship is not only about what I prefer, but as I am engaged in this holy practice of coming together in the presence of God, something that might not be quite reaching me is likely reaching somebody else here with me. That is the point. Many people feel just simply ill-equipped to be here with us this morning. They are afraid that they'll do something wrong. Uh, they might stand when they were supposed to sit or, you know, say something, or if people are anxious and worried if, they, if there's that Holy Communion thing, do I, what, what do I do exactly? How do I do it? What if I, what if I just do something wrong better? I just stay away altogether. And others, we are aware, have been dismissed or judged or, or shamed or have otherwise been offended or, or hurt by the church. It can be uncomfortable to be a part of the community of faith in Christ. So today on this Rally Sunday, I want to wrap up this series by simply pausing to appreciate the, the gift from God that the church is intended to be. On a mystical, apocalyptic level, the book of Revelation gives us a, a, an expansive vision of this community of faith, as Morgan read. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne of the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. New Testament Professor uh, Dr. Eric Barreto writes 
about this passage. He's, he's been a guest with us here at Prince of Peace. And in, the, in these verses, he writes, we see Jesus, the Lamb of God, victorious and welcoming those who have survived travails of many kinds. Before this Jesus, we see what Revelation calls a great multitude that no one could count. Elsewhere, uh, Professor Barreto points out, uh, Revelation is quite adept at counting, even counting up to huge numbers. Seven churches, 24 thrones, 24 elders, 144,000 individuals uh, from the tribe of uh, the people of, of Israel, which is 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. The author of Revelation can count and count well. But when it, he is faced with this mass of worshipers in Revelation praising Jesus, his ability to count is suddenly insufficient. No one can count this crowd. Indeed, even the tribes and peoples and languages seem beyond count. They are all there. We are all there. No matter where we are from or what language we speak, no one is precluded from this moment. No one is excluded. There is no wall, no boundary dividing these worshipers one from the other. This vision is one of profligate difference and abundant life. It is a vision of life overflowing with difference and grace and joy and love. And so the author of Revelation continues for us this morning. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. And in a passage of Scripture we so often read at the graveside, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away, and the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And that means you. However it is you wandered over here this morning, this message, this good news includes you. Which is why we call it gospel. We call it good news. Whether or not you know exactly when to stand or when to sit or what to sing. Whether or not you know if Hosea or Haggai are in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, or if they're really in the Bible at all, did Chad just make up those two books? They're in there. The community of faith in Christ is this incredible and precious gift given for you and for great multitudes that nobody can count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. It has been uh, eight years this month since I began serving here at Prince of Peace. Time flies, huh? And this week I was cleaning out some old emails and I stumbled upon the message that I had sent to the call committee eight years ago after the interview process and after I had been issued a letter of call but had yet to uh, formally accept that call from the congregation, I stumbled on an email that I wrote first to the leaders of the call committee prior to communicating with the entire congregation. In that email, I wrote this. On one level, 
I am involved in this process as a candidate to fill the position of the senior pastor. On this first level, I am deeply appreciative of how well the call committee has articulated the vision for the leader that they seek. I am equally struck by how carefully the call committee has listened and responded even to the nuances of our conversations exploring the possibility of extending this call to me. On another level, I wrote, I'm just an observer of this process from the outside, looking through a window onto a group of committed lay leaders as they negotiate these uncertain waters on behalf of the entire community of faith that they've been called to represent. On this second level, I wrote eight years ago, I am sincerely impressed and inspired by what I see through that window. I've been looking in on a faithful group of leaders leveraging their own giftedness in a cooperative effort to build up the ministry that they share. I have witnessed this same group of leaders move out of their comfort zones in order to pursue that vision for ministry. I feel myself drawn to that room and to those leaders. I want to join them and those they represent as they serve and pray and worship and reach out to others with the gospel. It's uh, after eight years now of being on the inside of that room with all of you, working and worshiping alongside faithful members and staff of this community of faith that I can say I continue to be moved and inspired by the gift this particular congregation is to our community and the world beyond. I asked our ministry staff uh, this week to join me in uh, just highlighting a few of the examples of ways that Prince of Peace has been a blessing to individuals just in the past you know, year. And the list was long and it would go on for a long time. So here's just a small sample of why we embrace the sometimes uncomfortable but profoundly important call to grow deep and reach out with the love of Christ through Prince of Peace. First example, most recent example for me that came up was, I think, of visiting Bob Gritch early last month while he was on hospice care. As we visited, uh, Bob shared openly about what a blessing being a part of Prince of Peace has been to his life for, the, for more than 50 years. And a, a few who sit over in, in Bob's section, uh, you all are sitting in, I, I, in your proper section right now as I look around. Nobody's out of place. This is good. Well, in Bob's section, they, you know, Bob wasn't a guy who hung around a lot and talked and, and interacted with people too much after worship. So it would have been easy enough to miss, but Bob's section noticed he was missing, and they reached out to him, found out where he was, and sent a card, and, and that meant a lot, a lot to him. He, he told me himself, as we sat with the family to plan Bob's funeral after his death, it turned out that Bob had already planned all the details of his funeral service right down to the menu of the luncheon to follow the service. Bob wrote his own obituary. <laughs> Uh, there would be no pallbearers uh, because 
I, he didn't want to leave anybody out, I guess, uh, in serving that honorable way. You know, that all takes faith, and that faith was nurtured and built up in this community of faith for Bob over a span of decades. One example out of many. Maddie Caney's family relocated out east a couple of years ago, but she was able to participate with our Revolution High School youth trip to Chicago this summer. Maddie said this. She said, I learned that God meets our needs through relationships, through the people who improve and enrich our lives with knowledge and love and adventure. These often seem to come at just the right times too. support and wisdom show up in the moment when they are needed. That, like Miss Pearl, there are things from my past I need to let go of and give to God so that I might grow more fully in Christ. Things like my self-criticism, numerous mistakes, and really anything that doesn't make me, me. You know, the welcoming attitude of our Prince of Peace youth made the potentially uncomfortable feeling of being new to a group after having moved away for a couple of years. They made that fade quickly for Maddie, and she had this rewarding experience on that mission trip. Kaylee Wingus also commented on her experience in Revolutionary High School ministry. She said, I, I kind of just like meeting up to hang out at church. It's a place I get away from my busy schedule and take a deep breath for a, a bit, so it's nice. I, I don't really get a lot of opportunity to go to church on Sundays because we're away usually, so I like being able to go on Wednesday. Sunday schooler, Katie shared with me, Ellie Wells received a Thai prayer blanket before she had her tonsillectomy, and she would not let that blanket out of her sight during her recovery. Our own daughter, Lydia, was a nanny for a, a family in the community this summer, and uh, they sent their three kids that Lydia was nannying for. Uh, they're not members. They'd never been here to Prince of Peace, but the kids came to our vacation Bible school week here, and they had you know, that, that first day I saw them in there and it was a little bit uncomfortable. They're in a strange place. They don't know anybody, but that quickly faded and they had this super week. They said the best week of their whole summer and they're excited and looking forward to coming back again next year. During one of our day camp weeks during the summer, a, a woman in need came looking for some help and she received the blankets that we had left, the summer day campers, enthusiastically offered to make more blankets, and they even went shopping for the fleece and supplies. A couple living out east, never been to Prince of Peace in person, but they sent a card saying how deeply they appreciate listening to our podcasts or watching our live stream week after week, and they sent a generous contribution to support the ministry and mission that we share in this place. And in June... A group of Prince of Peace members found themselves standing with Nira Swai in front of her cold and leaky home made of sticks and banana leaves on the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro. Nira is a widow, and she is HIV positive, and her daughter is a diabetic. These will all be challenging realities if she lived here. You cannot imagine the challenges this poses living there. They both receive care at Machame Lutheran Hospital, which is supported in various ways 
through our Prince of Peace Africa Fund. The representatives from Prince of Peace who were there that day, just in June, got together off to the side of Nira's property, whispered among ourselves, and came back to inform Nira and her family that we were going to work to provide the funds to build them a new, safe, dry home, little small house. And less than three months later, that good news that sounded almost impossible for her to believe, for Nira to believe when she heard it from us, has come to pass. And this is now Nira standing in front of that new home today. There are all kinds of ways that being a part of a church community can be uncomfortable. We've spent this past month exploring that reality. On this rally day, may we give thanks for the gift of the church and yes, for the gift of this particular community of faith in Christ we know and love as Prince of Peace Lutheran Church as we continue the great adventure that God has called us to of growing deep so that we might reach out with the love of Christ.